Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews. How are you all? I don't know. It's just all a bit much at the moment. The dog's ill and she's very clingy. And uh, I don't know. I don't think I even want to tell you all about it because it's so gruesome. But anyway... We've we've got that. And so I had to go outside. Now I've just hit the microphone. Sorry about that. Um, just got my head in my hands now. When I had to go outside to try and get rid of things in the garden, should we say, that the dog had left them. Yeah. Anyway, got the hose pipe out. And this hose pipe and I have some history. Basically, every time I go to use it, it will not work. And this is a hose pipe that my husband manages to use almost every day for his beloved bike. So it it works, but not for me. It is a hose pipe that when I'm coming, it's like, right, mm, not going to work, not going to work. So I was under a bit of pressure to just clear the stuff in the garden and get on with the day. My husband was getting in the car to get a child to school or school bus or something. Uh, this is fascinating. <laughs> anyway, I've got to share. So I put the tap on and I can see this sort of pressure building because it wasn't going into the hose pipe. So more and more water is like splurting out of this connector thing in the tap. This is outside. Um, and I was standing there with the nozzle and I couldn't get the water to come out. I was turning each bit. No. So I went and sort of shrieked to my husband. Oh, such a girl. I was so cross with myself. It's like, come on, Philip, you can't be a feminist and not use a hose pipe. Anyway, so he came along and he said, you just twist the nozzle. I was like, I'm twisting the nozzle. I've twisted the nozzle a million times. And he just gets it, twists it. And it's just like, oh yes, I'll work for you. And all the water comes out. I was so cross. So anyway, the phone rang, work call. So it's turned it off, gone on with work and then thought, no, I need to go out and do it. Came back out. I did exactly the same thing he did exactly. And it wouldn't work. And there was just water everywhere coming out from this bit that was exploding oh it's just why 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 can't I get this spike to work for me anyway so that's the state of play here it's uh we've got no love for hose pipes today but we have got love for books 
So that's something. And I've got five great books to talk to you about today. All quite different, but hopefully there's some I know you're going to love and an author you're going to be very excited to hear from. So, Philippa, let's tell everyone what books we're doing today. So we've got The Locked Room by Ellie Griffiths. Then we've got The Black Dress by Deborah Mogark. No Way to Die by Tony Kent. Resistance. And this is a graphic novel, don't you know, uh, by Val McDermott and Catherine Briggs. And then finally, Flamingo by Rachel Elliott. So the first book I want to talk to you about is The Locked Room by Ellie Griffiths. So this is the next instalment in the sort of Ruth and Nelson series. Um, if you haven't started reading these books before, don't be put off. I say you can jump on at any point. And you might find this book um, a particularly good one to jump on because it's set in the time of da 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 COVID. Um, yeah, I was really interested when I heard that it was going to happen that way. I know I've talked to you about that before. Um, but I uh, and obviously we'll talk to Ellie about that very point. Um, but if you haven't listened to the audiobooks or read the books before, then at, at least it sort of, you know, we all know what we went through. So it gives you a common ground to start interacting with these amazing characters. Um, or you can go right back to the, to the first one and work your way through uh, whatever you wish. But uh, it's a world that you would be very welcome to join. So let's uh, let's read the blurb and hear a little bit more about this book. Ruth is in London clearing out her mother's belongings when she makes a surprising discovery, a photograph of her Norfolk cottage taken before Ruth lived there. Her mother always hated the cottage, so why does she have a picture of this place? The only clue is written on the back of the photo. Dawn. 1963. Ruth returns to Norfolk, determined to solve the mystery. Then COVID-19 strikes and Ruth and her daughter Kate are locked down in their cottage. Luckily, the house next door is rented by a nice woman called Zoe and they become friendly while standing on their doorsteps clapping for carers. Nelson is on his own because Michelle and George are in Blackpool. He's investigating a series of suicides that are looking increasingly suspicious. Then one evening he finds himself drawn to Ruth's cottage where he discovers her chatting to Zoe. Something about Ruth's new neighbour makes him feel uneasy. Before he can investigate further, events take a deadly turn. So let's get the first sentence as we do. There's a prologue, but I don't think I'm going to do that. I think I'm just going to go straight into chapter one. Chapter one, Saturday, 22nd of February, 2020. It feels strange being in the house on her own. When she was growing up here, her mother always seemed to be in possession, even mysteriously, when she wasn't actually present. Well, I did two sentences then, but I just want to keep reading it. So picture the scene. I'm getting comfy now. Picture the scene. It's uh, the lead up to Christmas and the lead up to Christmas for Philippa is quite a stressful time. And I'd got this wonderful book and I was saving it. And my reward on Christmas Day when food was served, presents were open and pyjamas were firmly on was to start this book. And just straight away, I was beamed away from the wonderfulness, of course, of Christmas, but also the slight uh, chaos of those times into the world of Ruth and Nelson and what a joy it was to be back there. My life is not as happy as when I'm um, when I've got an, an Ellie Griffiths book to read. Um, 
I thought it was really interesting how COVID and the lockdown was included because these are characters, if you've read the series, that you know you think you know well, and and yet you think, well, how would they react? What would Ruth do when she she can't go out of the house a lot? What would Nelson do? But of course, he's got his work, and how is it all going to interact? Um, and uh, yes, I think we need to find out more. I think we need to talk to the wonderful Ellie Griffiths now. So Ellie Griffiths, whose latest book is The Locked Room, welcome to the Quick Book Reviews podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. It's lovely. It's lovely to have you back. It's just wonderful. I mean, I have to talk to you about this book. We meet Ruth once more, but this time in lockdown. Was that a difficult decision to, to approach it in that way? It really was, actually. I thought long and hard about it because I think like everybody, um, you know, we've been through this terrible time. It's not over yet. Um, And I did wonder whether people would want to relive it at all. Mm. And I think that I would have made a very different decision if I was writing a standalone book or a debut novel or my first book. But I did think because I've written a, a Ruth book, which seems kind of still amazing to me every year for the last 14 years I've written a Ruth book and they have I mean not to say they're full of real life events but they've kind of followed real life things like I I mentioned uh, Donald Trump getting in I mentioned Brexit just in passing you know Mm. it sort of felt wrong to miss out 2020 and Covid and lockdown and I did think and I'm gambling on this I'm hoping that people who followed Ruth and Nelson and the supporting cast through all these books would kind of want to know what they did in lockdown. Yes. So, <laughs> so that's kind of what it started. And also the other sort of cruel, heartless crime writing part of me thought, wow, lockdown is a great opportunity. You know, it's a everyone is, 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 um, isolated. Ruth is more isolated than most in her lonely cottage on the Salt Marsh. Uh, Nelson won't be able to get to her, or will he? <laughs> um, how how do police officers operate even in that time? So all those things did, in the end, convince me to, to write a book set in lockdown. And for me, I mean, I love reading about Ruth. She, uh, I would want her to be a friend of mine if, <laughs> if I could. But it normalised her even more for me that she had to face what I've had to face. And, you know, even the supermarket shopping and the panic buying and, and all of that. I, and trying to homeschool as well, I just thought was um, wonderful to hear. Oh, good. I, I keep a diary. So I did go back to my diary because it's amazing how quickly we forget, isn't it? Mm. And I had forgotten, say, when lockdown started in March 2020, uh, masks weren't, weren't uh, mandatory. So when I first went and did that supermarket mad shop, throwing everything into my trolley, including many cat treats, as, as Ruth also does, because, <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't want, I didn't want Gus to go without. Um, and, you know, like the old jigsaw puzzle and books and everything yeah. you know, I could think of. Yeah. Um, you know, we weren't wearing masks. You know, I think I had some some like disposable gloves, but I didn't have a mask. And and you just forget how things were in those early days, really. So it was sort of quite quite cathartic, really, to look back over it. But yes, Ruth has all those issues. She buys lots of stuff to make her own bread, but never does. Um, 
you know, she has she had that has those times she's trying to work and homeschool as so many people did. And I had some really great feedback from my niece, who's a barrister, also homeschooling her two children, also a single mom, also homeschooling. And, you know, it, it was really tough. But my children were, were at university, but actually they came home for the first lockdown. So that was kind of lovely for me, not so sure for them. <laughs> but, you know, it was just really interesting to go back and, and look back through through those first days. And of course, we didn't know what the future was. Vaccine was just a tiny little light on the horizon. So it was kind of cathartic to go back. And yeah, I hope people do sort of really, Ruth's Ruth experiences do chime with a lot of people. Did you have to really think, what would Ruth do? Or did you automatically know? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I... I often think I automatically know what Ruth would do. And it's not always what I would do. You know, Ruth is quite different from me. And Ruth is much more kind of um, happy in her own company than I am. So I felt that in some ways, you know, I really missed partying. I have to say, though, unlike some people, we can mention I didn't <laughs> yes. go to any parties because oh. I was able to resist that. Exactly. Because um, I didn't know what the rules were. But um, so I thought Ruth, in some ways, she would have different feelings about lockdown to my feelings but I I usually do think I know what would Ruth do I I kind of knew what she'd put in that shopping trolley um even though it might not be exactly what I put in the shopping trolley of course a lot of it is the same lots of pasta and chocolate and wine we have to get through it somehow don't we um so but yeah occasionally I do stop and think hey that's what you would do that's not what Ruth would do but usually I think I do know I mean, I remember with the panic buying, I also heard that they, there weren't going to be any books. People weren't going to be able to publish books. So I did yes. a panic book buy as well. Me, me too, Philippa, because there were those terrible pictures, weren't there, of, of sort of shut off book aisles. Yes. Yes. And you thought, oh, no, I can't. Yeah, I panic bought books, but also I did loads of rereading. I read a lot of um, my old Georgia Hare books and uh, Jilly Cooper books and lots of sort of sort of reassuring books. And I read the whole of, whole of The Lord of the Rings, which does sort of exactly. slightly come into the book and those sort of things. So I thought she'd be doing that too. <laughs> yeah, Lord of the Rings was definitely something I returned to in lockdown as well. Yes, there's that moment, isn't there, where... where um, I think it's Frodo says, uh, but, but why Why is it me? Why have I got to live through this time? And yeah. Gandalf says something wise like, get on with it. But, yeah. you know, those, those sort of things were very reassuring. I think Gandalf says, so does everyone who lives through such times. And I thought, okay. Yeah, thank goodness for Gandalf. Thank goodness for Gandalf, yeah. <laughs> there are other issues to face in the book. I mean, there's an old photograph of Ruth's mother that Ruth's mother had of Ruth's cottage. There's a, a very friendly neighbour and there's a murder to solve. That sounds like so much. And yet you very capably just fit it all. It doesn't feel too much. It just feels right. How, do you have a real process how to manage all those pieces? Well, thank you for saying that. Yes, because the book starts with Ruth finding a very mysterious photograph in her mother's belongings. And this is just before lockdown starts. Um, I used to really have a sort of uh, a process and then I had a, a chapter plan and I'd write down um, just a few lines, but I'd write down what happened in every chapter and I'd go to the end. But I don't do that anymore. And it sort of stopped when I was writing The um, Stranger Diaries, which is my first standalone, I think my most complicated plot told from three perspectives. And I didn't have a written plan. And it kind of helped because it meant that 
I suppose I was sort of surprising myself at each turn and I really enjoyed that process. So now I don't write it down, but I just hope <laughs> that things do sort of organically mix together because you have those strands, don't you? In this book, obviously, you have Ruth's personal life, you have lockdown, you have a murder mystery with several um several victims you have this other sort of personal mystery she has to solve and also you have the archaeological mystery but uh, you know I, I do quite enjoy kind of knitting those together <laughs> that's interesting though that you started that in one of your more technical books yes um, and that you've carried that through it doesn't as I say it doesn't feel like it's too much but it's interesting that you work better sort of freestyle when there there are different strands to pull together there's a great quote. I think it's E.L. Doctorow said something like, um, "You, it's like driving in the dark with your headlights on. Uh, you can you can only see a bit of the road in front, but you can make the whole journey like that." And uh, Ruth spends a lot of time driving in the dark, also in this book. So I sort of feel like that. That it, it, at the moment, I think it's maybe what keeps me still very enthusiastic. And thank goodness, I'm trying to find some wood to touch in my shed. <laughs> um, touch wood. You know, I, I still love doing it. So maybe it is the fact that I do now give myself a bit of room to surprise myself. Mm. And I always think that, as a general rule, if you think about your characters, oh, they couldn't do that, or you know, well, as long as that doesn't happen, that's normally the thing you should do. <laughs> <laughs> to surprise them them as well. Yeah, so or just it's coming to your head for a reason and possibly, possibly I think you should maybe give, it works for me anyhow, I know everyone's different, it uh, works for me to give myself the character, the, the space for my characters to do that thing. But like, a bit like that meatloaf song, R.I.P., but I won't do that, but maybe you should do that. Yes, as you say, it's there in your mind for a reason and uh, yes. it's listening to, to that voice. When you're planning your next Ruth book, obviously you've got Ruth, you've got Nelson, you've got key characters, but which comes first? Is it the sort of the crimes and circumstances in a book or is it the different characters we might come across? It's almost always the place. So the first Ruth, the first Ruth book, The Crossing Places, sort of came when I was crossing the, the marshes, you know, in a chance comment of my archaeologist husband about uh, marshland being sort of a liminal zone and for, for prehistoric people. That was the the real seed that became The Crossing Places. And every other one has started with um, the, the ghost field started when I saw a deserted airfield in Norfolk. Uh, the the uh, Stone comes from some Roman remains. So... With the Ruth books, it nearly always is the place or the archaeological thing, like uh, King Arthur in in uh, Dying Fall. So with this, it really was, I think, the idea, you know, I, I knew I'd write about lockdown, but it really started with what if Ruth found a photograph of her cottage, her beloved cottage that her late mum didn't like in her mother's belongings? And what if Ruth knew that it was uh, a photograph from before she, Ruth, was born? So that's where that started with the cottage, really, I suppose, sort of going back right into the centre of, of Ruth's world in that little lonely cottage on, on the marsh, marshland. So, And then the other bits fit in. So it's different, really, from some other books. So with the Brighton Mysteries, it quite often starts with, with a name, like a name from the past, uh, uh, a musical mm. uh, performer, like um, Lou Lenny and her unrideable <laughs> mule, which is still one of my favourites. <laughs> but so the Ruth, but the Ruth books do tend to start with a place or a little picture of other place. So if you're on a family day out somewhere and you sort of have an intake of breath and get your notebook out, do all the family say, "Oh, 
she's got an idea for the next one yes they do a little bit and and it also is a little bit of a downer isn't it when you're on a lovely day out and the mum says isn't that a great place for a murder can, can we can we stop while i take photographs of it let's and imagine so where the body is yes, yes. yeah. oh this is nice i'd put a body here yes exactly there's a little bit of groaning when i do it but yes you know that's why this morning i started my day with a walk along the seafront with leslie thompson who's a great crime writer good friend of mine and we can do that totally you know without worrying oh look isn't that pretty yeah where would you put the body Leslie oh I think I'd put it there don't you so so yes it's a little bit of a downer sometimes <laughs> that's wonderful I, I mean it has to be said for for a lot of people including myself you you are what we call an auto buy you know we we hear your name we we see it on the book we're, we're buying that but we don't even need to read the title or the blurb but as that increases and you've got such a loyal following does that, I mean, obviously it's a blessing, but does it also put additional pressure on you? It really, really does. I have to say, first of all, it's a wonderful thing and it is a blessing. You're absolutely right. That's the right word for it. And I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful and touched that people, so many people seem to like Ruth and seem to really sort of um, relate to her and to her world. So that's wonderful. Uh, But it's no doubt it is extra pressure. So when a book comes out now, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering what people will think of it. And I know people have certain views about Ruth and Nelson and Cathbad and all the rest of the gang. So I know that. And I know I tend to usually end end the book on a bit of an emotional cliffhanger. So people are wondering what's going to happen next. So there's that pressure too. But in the end, it's a funny old thing, isn't it? Because I used to be um, a commissioning editor in, in publishing and you you know you can have an idea of what you want your writers to write and sometimes you can even say to them you know I, I, I wonder whether you'd like to write a, a mystery novel or something but actually writers can only write what they want to write so in the end the book mm-hmm. that I write the Ruth book that I write is is the book that I can write the book that's in in my head so I, I know that it might not always be what's in everyone else's head but I hope they'll still enjoy it. And that's a problem because we all think we own Ruth because we feel we know her so well. So, yes, it's matching everyone else's expectations of Ruth and her decisions and what happens to her to actually, you know, you you are the driver of Ruth. It is down to you. Well, yes. And it is. I just really love it, though, when people say, well, actually, Ruth wouldn't do that. And I think she'll do what I tell her. Uh, But but it is it is lovely that people do. you know, emphasise with her so much. And in fact, when I was writing this book, a Cathbad um, really takes to lockdown in a big way because he has lots of inner mm. resources. And he um, he decides to get some rescue hens, as he would. And I did ask, I think it was on my Facebook page or on Twitter, what would Cathbad call his hens? And people came back with such amazing suggestions which showed how well they knew Cathbad. And you'll find out in the book what he calls his hens. But it is it is kind of wonderful to know how, how well people do know the characters. Yes. I don't know. Do, they, do those characters still stay with you when you've typed or written the end? Are they still there in your mind? Or because you've got other books and other series, you are able to sort of lock the door on them? You can lock the door for a bit, a bit like the locked room. Uh, so when I finish a Ruth book, I do think with some relief, right, that's 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 you done for a bit, shut the door. Um, but then they always come back. So, you know, I'm just finishing at the moment, writing a standalone, which will be the next book. Well, I say standalone, but it has Harbinder core in it. Uh, the next oh, book. Great. And 
Oh, good. Yeah. So it's kind of the third Harbinder book. They're kind of linked attached, which is a phrase I learned mm. from Sophie Hanna, which I quite like <laughs> rather rather than a series. Um, but but so usually when I'm just finishing one of those books, Ruth is now kind of slightly knocking on my door saying, yeah, you know, what am I going to do next? And I know you've hinted in the past that you sort of know her future, but has that become more precise as you move forward <laughs> it's a funny thing really isn't it because lockdown I think it, it made a lot of us think didn't it? it made us a lot of us think and it, it probably clarified some things in our minds we sort of thought things like oh now I know what I want to do and what I don't want to do maybe in my future I, I know what when all this is over what I want to do and in fact writing the lockdown book made Ruth's future clear to me in a way that had never been before so I don't know oh now I think I really do know but before and everything changes as well in this book like everything changed for everyone in lockdown so it was a very interesting process so uh, can I ask, are there, are there many books planned or is that uh, to be revealed? Well, it probably, there will definitely be at least one more. You know, I will, I will do another one. So this isn't the last Ruth okay. book, there will be another one. That's as far as I go at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> do you find now, with all the writing that you do, that it's still exhilarating or can it be quite exhausting? It's still really exhilarating. It's still so exciting to start a new book or to editing is really exciting as well. I love going back into the book and, uh, you know, changing it and, and trying to make it better. So really all the process is a good. And I don't I I wouldn't say it's exhausting. Sometimes I think probably the middle of the book is sometimes a bit you think, oh, so many things have got to happen before the thing I want to write about happens. You know, that's a bit of a, a moment. And I think a lot of people say that happens around chapter six where you sort of think, you start off thinking, wow, I've got a great idea for this book. I've, you know, what, sh what should I wear at the Booker Prize ceremony? You know, and all that sort of thing. And then you get to chapter th six, you think, oh my goodness, you know, am I ever going to get on with it? But then the, la the last bit is also really exciting when you've got like about this is where I am with the standalone at the moment about sort of three chapters to go and you know what's going to happen and it's just a question of getting all on the paper so that's exciting too so it's all exciting apart from chapter six yeah I guess it's those days when you start checking your word count every five minutes that you know <laughs> and you think I've written for an hour why have yeah. any more, any more yeah. words happened what's going on exactly in fact my son uh, announced that he's he had to write uh, so many words for a school essay and if you write gobbledygook and then change the font to white it's still counted as oh. word count so the, yeah anyway that's, that's uh, very that's very clever <laughs> it's clever but also not yeah. a fact to share yeah. with your mother if you if you don't want some focus on that. But, That's but true, actually. Yes. <laughs> Do you pay any attention to the the number of words, or is it just naturally when you finish the story, it, it just happens to be the right number of words? It's funny how it almost always is the same number of words mm. and almost always the same number of chapters. And as I say, now I don't do a chapter plan, but it is funny how it works out like that. When I finish a book, it's normally about seventy. 5,000 words. Uh, then when I send it to my editor, Jane, and I've been very lucky because I've had the same editor for all the, the Ellie Griffiths books, which is wonderful. And she's amazing, Jane Wood. Uh, then we talk about it. And then I usually add about another 10,000 in the editing process. 
So they normally end up between 85,000 and 90,000 words. So they're all very similar length. I think The Crossing Places is the shortest and Dying Fall is the longest. But once I had to do a competition where somebody had to guess the number of words in all of them. And I, so I, I had to go through this process with, with my editor, working out how long each one was. That's how I know that. But generally speaking, it's very strange how, how similar they all are in length, actually. I haven't, I haven't fallen for the series bloat thing, you know, where, you know, as the series goes on, they get longer and longer. And I haven't fallen for the getting shorter and shorter. So they are generally about the same length. That's interesting, though, that you sort of approach it in that way that they're a very similar number and that when you're editing, you're actually normally adding words in, whereas often it's the opposite. Yes, I think there are two sorts of writers and uh, Leslie and I often talk about this because Leslie often gets rid of words and I often add them and I sometimes say to her, give me some words, Leslie. Um, (laughs) But I think it just depends how you write and I tend to write in quite a spare way, I think, the first time round and they're they're usually kind of gaps. So Jane would say, I think we need to know what happened there. And I remember in one book there was a scene I didn't really want to write between two characters, so I'd kind of left it out and Jane said... I think we owe it to those characters to have that scene. And she was absolutely right. So it's more that, it's more that I will kind of leave out, especially especially as we get to that exciting bit towards the end, I might leave out sort of key scenes. So I usually, editing is often a process of, I do take out some superfluous words, but I usually put more in than I take Mm. out. So if you could go back to when you were writing your very first book, is there anything that you would sort of lean down and whisper in your ear? Oh, really interesting question. My very first book was, uh, as you know, written under my real name, Mm. Domenica De Rosa. It was called The Italian Quarter. And it was uh, about loosely based on my dad's life as an Italian immigrant and a prisoner of war. And I think now I would have written that in a different way. Uh, I think, I think, what what would I say to myself? I think I would have said to myself, um, be a bit freer with how, how you write, you know, Uh, don't, don't, don't be, don't be scared of things. Don't be scared of writing that scene. I think possibly because it was also kind of family memoir. I sort of skirted around a few things. So I think, I think now I might, say to myself don't be scared of writing that scene that you're scared of because it might well be your best scene I guess that comes back to the point you mentioned earlier on that if something occurs to you it's there for a reason and um shine the light on it yeah I mean even if you know I might be sitting there writing and I think oh Ruth could go up to space I wouldn't think that I probably wouldn't let that happen but but it might it might be my subconscious saying Ruth needs to do something extraordinary here um uh, our mutual friend William Shaw you know is a great yeah. great crime writer love his books writes the Alex Cupidy series and when he was writing his first series, which is Breen and Toza, which is uh, set in the 60s, a really, really good crime series, he said that he didn't know what to do with his character, Cathal Breen. So he made him climb a tree. He just thought, why doesn't he climb a tree? <laughs> and uh, actually, and Cathal Breen is not the sort of person who goes around climbing trees. So he climbs a tree. And actually, it gives gives gave um, uh, William a plot point. 
And I suppose I often think about that. I think about what about metaphorically if they climb that tree, you know, so metaphorically, maybe she goes to space. So it's, yes, listening to uh, what your inner voice comes up with, but also moderating it, yeah. I suppose. Where... Follow, follow the feet is something that I say to my students, you know, rather than those rather irritating things that crime, uh, creative writing tutors say. But, you know, usually they're going somewhere. So go with them. See, what, see where they're going. And we'll go with you. We'll always follow you, Ellie. You'll books oh, are astonishing and uh, and we love that love oh. them so thank you for joining me today and thank you for all your support philippa i so appreciate it oh, thank you thank you hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now we need to go on to the next book, which is The Black Dress by Deborah Mogark. Um, now, I'm sure you've heard of her. She wrote oh, so many brilliant books. Obviously, the best exotic Marigold Hotel is one that probably stands out. Um, and this was a book. I had to go to a sporting event. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I, I had to sit for two hours. It's just basketball training, but I'd sit there for two hours Um while sort of watching, but also reading. And it takes a certain book to be able to, well, for me it does, focus on the reading and not all the noise and action going on around me. You know, yes, you want a book to read, but it's sometimes hard to really immerse yourself in the world. But this book did it for me. Let's read the blurb first. Prue's husband has walked out, leaving her alone to contemplate her future. She's missing not so much him, but the life they once had, picnicking on the beach with small children, laughing together, nestling up like spoons in the cutlery drawer while they sleep. Now there's just a dip on one side of the bed and no one to fill it. In a daze, Prue goes off to a friend's funeral. Usual old hymns, words of praise and a eulogy, but it doesn't sound like the friend Prue knew. And it isn't. She's gone to the wrong service. Everyone was very welcoming. It was 
oddly a laugh and more excitement than she's had for ages. So she buys a little black dress in a charity shop and thinks, now I'm all set. Why not go to another? I mean, people don't want to make a scene at a funeral, do they? No one will challenge her. And what harm can it do? Let's do the first sentence before I tell you what I thought. Here we go. Um, well, do I do the prologue or do I do part one? I'm going to do chapter one, that this is what's happening. It's obviously a chapter one kind of day. It was a sort of madness. I realised that at the time. How could a woman like me be capable of such a thing? But I'd been horribly betrayed and was reeling from the shock. I was in free fall, all the branches cut off, nothing to catch me as I fell. And I was insanely lonely. This book, what? I mean, I love this book, I have to say. It's not so much about the dress as about so many other things. And it's one of those books where you think you know where you are and then you're suddenly thinking, oh, I, I wasn't expecting that. Um, so it's not it's not a thriller or a crime book with twists and turns. It's a story with revelations that just make you think, what, this is a book. I mean, I know my mother's going to be fighting to read Ellie Griffiths' The Locked Room immediately I finish recording this. I know, I'm, I've come to terms with that. But I want also to, for her to read this one so I can talk to her about it. See, this is the trouble with books, isn't it? When you find a book that really intrigues you, you need someone to talk about it with. This could be a really good book club choice. It's got different elements in. Um, it's just, I don't know, I'm smiling as I think about it. And yet, is it a smiley book? I don't know. It, it was an engaging book. I think that's what I'm trying to say very badly. It was an engaging book. It drew me in. It kept me in. And I kept thinking, what? <laughs> How much coffee has this author had as she's written this? It's um, It was much more than I thought it was going to be. So yes, I enjoyed that one. So that's The Black Dress um, by Deborah Moggart. Now we go on to the third book today, and this is your action slot. Uh, no Way to Die by Tony Kent. It's the latest in his series. Um, they're always, oh, what are they like? Well, sometimes they're more legal-ish. Sometimes they're more spy-ish. Um, sometimes more thriller-ish. All sorts. And I guess this, well, let's read you the blurb. When traces of a radioactive material are found with a body in Key West, multiple federal agencies suddenly descend on the scene. This is not just an isolated murder. A domestic terrorist group is ready to bring the US government to its knees. The threat hits close to home for Agent Joe Dempsey when he discovers a personal connection to the group. With his new team member, former Secret Service agent Eden Grace, Dempsey joins the race to track down the bomb before it's too late. But when their mission falls apart, he is forced to turn the most unlikely of allies, an old enemy he thought he had buried in his past. Now, with time running out, they must find a way to work together to stop a madman from unleashing horrifying destruction across the country. Uh, right, let's go for first sentence, chapter one. The cheap polyester shirt sucked against Ricardo Garcia's skin like wet cling film. After so long, it had become a familiar feeling, but no less of an irritation. Um, I thought this book was highly commendable, excellent, very Lee Child. So if that's your thing, I think you would love it. Um, 
I don't feel you have to read the others in the series at all to get everything from this book. And that's, that sounds like I'm being negative about the series. It's not at all. It just stands up on its own just as well as if you've read the series. Obviously, if you read any series, you get more from it. But no guilt trip. You don't have to just grab this one. It's a real thriller. And I just don't know how Tony has the time, frankly, because... He's like a leading barrister and he writes these brilliant books. I'm not sure how how he does it, but bravo. Um, so next we go to Resistance and this is the graphic novel. And who knew that Val Dermott was involved in a graphic novel? Um, I mean, we've got Val coming on soon, uh, but I had got this graphic novel. I bought it some time ago and wanted to read it. It had been featured as um, an audiobook, a book, a, a radio play even, and I kept missing out on reading it or listening to it. So I thought, right, there are occasionally times when I love a graphic novel to escape into. And so I just thought, yes, this is what I'm going to do. And it worked. I thought it was a superb book. Um, oh, well, well let, me, let me read you the blurb first. OK, here we go. It's a summer solstice weekend and 150,000 people descend on a farm in the northeast of England for an open air music festival. At first, a spot of rain seems to be the only thing dampening the fun until a mystery bug appears. Before long, the illness is spreading at an electrifying speed and seems resistant to all antibiotics. Can journalist Zoe Meadows track the outbreak to its source and will a cure be found before the disease becomes a pandemic? Uh, right, first, well, first page, it's just, do I? No, I'm not going to read it because I think it's wrong for me to take words when you can't actually see the pictures as well. I thought it was an interesting book. It was scary because obviously to read something about that at a time of global pandemics. I mean, how? Well, how did she think of this? Obviously, people have been forecasting pandemic. Um, the resistance to antibiotics, well, we, we're all aware of the headlines that we see. So in some ways, it's a story we're aware of. And yet it just felt very of its time. Uh, why did they choose to write it, you know, so recently? Um, obviously, it was done some years before all of this happened. Um, I'm waffling, but I was just I was amazed and bewildered by it. Um, I just thought it was it was a good read and I could read it quite comfortably and not get worried about all that's going on around us. It kept me hooked. Um, the book had highs and lows. It had an ending to make you think. Um, I've written a graphic novel for the grown-ups and certainly this this isn't one for the children. Um, it is scary in places when you're thinking of the future of the world and, and what happens and how quickly things can spread but don't we know that? So if you're okay with reading about those sort of circumstances and want to read more by Val McDermott and the drawings by Catherine Briggs, a graphic novel of this sort of calibre. And uh, yeah, excellent. So there we go. That's Val McDermott and Catherine Briggs, Resistance. And finally, we go to Flamingo by Rachel Elliott. Here we go. Here's the blurb for this one. In the garden, there were three flamingos, not real flamingos, but real emblems, real gateways to a time when life was impossibly good. There were mascots, symbols of hope, something for a boy to confide in. They spoke of then and now, time being quick and slow. They spoke of love, welcome, sadness and waste. And let's go to the first sentence. <laughs> Daniel, Somerset, England, May 2018. 
He is cross-legged on the floor of the public library, deep in cookery, holding a book of old recipes, gripping it tight, his tears tapping out the code of how lost he is on its sun-bleached cover. Um, so you could say, is this sort of, is it uplit? Is it emotional writing? Is it one of those? Whatever it is, I'd say it's really different. It's fresh. It's endearing. Um, it's about managing to be in a family and yet being seen for who you are. It's about the struggles of that. I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was really well written, well delivered. I loved the layout. Um, as I say, it was done in a fresh way. It was an easy read, but yet um, there's so much emotion. There's no more that I can say on that. Bravo. I think I've covered all the books. I'm now trying to very quickly put them back in a pile on my knee so I can read out all the titles because I haven't mes memorised them all. Shameful, I know, but there we go. What do you expect from a mess like me? So the books we have covered today include The Locked Room by Ellie Griffiths, The Black Dress by Deborah Mogok, uh, No Way to Die by Tony Kent, then we've got Resistance, a graphic novel by Val McDermid and Catherine Briggs. And finally, Flamingo by Rachel Elliott. So there we go. That's your lot. Um, I've got, oh, I've got some great books to talk to you about next week. Great author to interview as well. Um, and I'm just going to have to go back outside now and do battle once more with that plopping, plopping hose pipe. Anyway, there we go. Such fun. Look. Just take care, look after yourselves, and I'll see you very soon. Take care now. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Quick Book Reviews podcast. That's enough books, said no one, ever. See you again soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. 